you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. and fire and it's keeping me alive aren't you glad the Holy Ghost is in you keeping you alive hallelujah I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord today glad you're here let's get into the word of the Lord today and see what God is wanting to do for us today today is Pentecost Sunday and for some of you, you may not be fam- too familiar with what this day is and what it represents and why we mention it. Last week I talked about it a little bit as I talked about the ascension and what happened leading up toward the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was really the fulfillment of what the death, burial, and resurrection was all about. Easter's the big day where everybody comes together, but Pentecost is the day that things really happen. It really was the fullness. So it's the birthday of the church. Could you imagine what the world was like prior to Pentecost? The world without the church? There were righteous people, but the unified efforts of the church body was born on the day of Pentecost. So it's appropriate today that we talk a little bit about Pentecost. I'm going to be preaching from the book of Acts today, the second chapter, while you turn with me there. Let me say something to you about the book of Acts. If you look through the King James Version, you're going to see that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, First and Second Peter, First, Second, Third John, Jude, and Revelations. In most translations, all of those in the New Testament end with the word "Amen." But the Book of Acts doesn't end with the word "Amen," so it's not over. It continues. So I want to talk about this today. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were 
all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. For the help of the Lord, I'm going to talk a little bit about this day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. Lord, we need you today. Open our minds, our hearts. Help us to understand what you are doing in this day. Let us see, God, what you are doing in the church today, what you are wanting to do in our lives today. Lord, let us see that today is the day of salvation. We bless you, worship you, and honor you, and praise you. Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. So when we refer to people ask often, Christian Life Church, what, what kind of church is it? What denomination? And I don't like to get too tied up in that, but we often answer that we are apostolic, Pentecostal. We're apostolic in doctrine, mean, meaning that we follow the apostles' doctrine in Scripture. We are a Bible church. And we are Pentecostal by experience, meaning that we believe in the new birth experience as taught in the Bible. We are apostolic Pentecostal. But in reality, Pentecostal or Pentecost is much more than a denomination. As a matter of fact, Pentecost is not a denomination at all. Pentecost, as we understand and know it, is an experience. Many years ago, the religious world began trying to discount the Pentecostal experience. The early modern Pentecostals were mocked and scorned much has changed. Today, most mainstream denominations have found themselves in decline. But the Pentecostal movement seems to be growing and thriving. As a matter of fact, the fastest growing denomination, if you may call it that, in the Christian world is Pentecostalism. We're not a form of Pentecostal. We're not a type of Pentecostal. We are the original Pentecostals. Much has changed today where the world once scorned. Now they are embracing the Pentecostal experience. It, of course, is found as the foundational story of the early book of Acts church. If you follow with me a few moments today, I'm going to give you some historical background and some references in Scripture so that you can understand why we talk about the Pentecostal experience as much as we do. And then 
I am praying and believing that God is going to show up in a powerful way and maybe somebody that has never been born again of the water and of the Spirit, today you can be born again of the water and of the Spirit the way they did in the book of Acts. So the word Pentecost is a Greek word. It actually means the 50th part or the 50th part of anything would be referred to as Pentecost. Um, among the Jews, it was applied to one of the three great feasts, which this feast of Pentecost began on the 50th day after the Passover. So the feast of Pentecost came out of the Old Testament where the Passover, when the Passover lamb was sacrificed and God led the children of Israel through Moses out of captivity and when they passed over, they had a feast as it was known and it was 50 days after the Passover that they celebrated. The feast began the second day of the Passover. The Passover lamb was slain on the 14th day of the month at the evening and then on the 15th day of the month. A holy convocation, the proper beginning of the feast was announced on the 16th day was the offering of the first fruits of harvest. And from that day, they were to count seven weeks, that's 49 days, where I come from, to the feast called the Feast of Pentecost. So that it occurred 50 days after the day of the Feast of the Passover. So this feast was also called the Feast of Weeks because it occurred after a lapse of a week of weeks. So seven weeks of seven days, so 49 days after, or seven full weeks from the Passover. So after the 49 days had passed, on the 50th day is the day of Pentecost. Does that make sense? So it was also a harvest festival, and it was accordingly called the Feast of Harvest. And it was called this for a reason because two loaves made of new meal were offered on this occasion as the first fruits. Now, now there were a lot of festivals that took place at the Feast of Pentecost. And there was a real reason to celebrate because what they are celebrating is how that God had brought his people out of the land of captivity and set them free from the slavery of Egypt. And so God comes on the scene, sets them free, and so they celebrate the fact that God had set them free. He had delivered his people out of bondage and had supplied their need. But now there's something more that one must consider about Pentecost. Because until Acts chapter 2, the account of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the feast 
of Pentecost lacked any eternal significance. It was just a religious holiday. It was a time of celebration, and rightly so. It was a time to rejoice about what God had done in their past. But this feast had become mere ritual to Israel. They celebrated because that specific time and that specific day was designed for celebration. It's kind of like Sunday. We all clearly understand that Sunday is not truly the Sabbath. Sunday, of course, is the day that we choose. We have made it our Sabbath. Actually, Jesus became our Sabbath. He is the rest wherein he has caused the weary to rest. And so, therefore, we can worship God on Sunday, on Monday, on Wednesday, on whatever day because we're worshiping in our Sabbath when we worship Jesus Christ. So up until this point, the day of Pentecost lacked any eternal significance. It was kind of like people showing up to church, saying I've been there, getting the perfect attendance sticker, and leaving and going home the same way that they came. It was just ritual. It was no different than a family reunion. They came, saw everybody, they left and went back home with their same old life and their same old problems. But Acts chapter 2, the account here is a little different. On this particular year, as they gathered for their feast, the mood was quite different in the city of Jerusalem. Maybe it was because just a few weeks before, Jesus had been crucified and there were claims that Jesus had resurrected from the grave. Those who believed the story of Jesus' resurrection from the grave were claiming that they saw him in the streets. There's a lot to believe here and only a few days before they were, acclaim, they were claiming that they had seen Jesus ascend up into heaven. There were stories that two angels appeared unto those that witnessed his ascension up into the clouds. I preached about that last week. There were reports of this going all through Jerusalem that just a few days ago, there were some folks standing and saw Jesus ascend into the cloud. Two angels came and told them to go and tarry in the upper room. They're claiming all of these outlandish claims to top all of this off. There was a talk about a promise that Jesus had made to those who would believe. There was about 120 of his believers who took the promise of Jesus seriously. And they went and they gathered this promise that he told them that he was going to send to them. He spoke of it as the comforter. 
He said, if I go away, I will come again. But he said, in the meantime, I'm going to send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And he shall not just be with you like I am with you. Jesus says, the Comforter is going to be in you. So about 120 of his believers gathered in an upper room in the city of Jerusalem waiting for the promise that Jesus told them that he would send to them. So this loyal group of Jesus followers were gathered together for 10 straight days. Remember last week I talked a little about that gathering for 10 straight days. Acts 1.14 says that they were gathered in one accord in prayer and supplication. Remember, they were praying and then they were earnestly praying. But for 10 days they gathered after 10 days of prayer. They are in such amazing agreement and unity that nobody wanted to leave because they wanted to be present when the promise that Jesus spoke about was going to arrive. So this group of about 120 people who believed him gathered in a small upstairs room in the middle of downtown Jerusalem. They had a prayer meeting going on. And it was the first prayer meeting of its kind. But there were going to be many to come afterwards, but they didn't know that. It became the talk of the town. These 120 people gathered in this small room in prayer and supplication with no intention of leaving until the answer, the comforter, the promise came. It was the talk of town. The Bible says it like this. It was noised abroad. I'm sure you don't know anybody like this. But there's a few people that if you want something told, all you got to do is just tell them and the world is going to know in short order. It's like first came telegraph, then came telephone. And then comes tell certain people. It was a talk of town. It was noised abroad. It had absolutely grabbed the attention of the city. 120 people gathered in the prayer meeting had grabbed the attention of an entire city. People were amazed by this group. And on the final day of the feast... They were all about to go back home to their place of residence. They had ended, they had come to the final feast on the day of Pentecost. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come. That means when it had arrived in its fullness, seven weeks, seven days a week, 49 days, had now arrived at the 50th day, the Feast of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost had 
fully come. Something happened that had never happened before. Pentecost was about to become more than just another feast day. But remember, you and I read about it, and we know, we understand, we read the story. But put yourself in their shoes and understand they did not know what the day of Pentecost was going to look like. They may have had in their mind what it was going to look like. They did not know anything about cloven tongues. They didn't know anything about the sound of a mighty rushing wind. They didn't know anything about speaking with other tongues. All they knew was that there was going to be a comforter that Jesus had promised them about and he had never gone back on his promises. They had followed him for three and a half years of ministry. They watched him go through his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. Now they are gathered waiting for the promise because he had never lied to them before. So Pentecost now is about to become more than just a feast day. Pentecost was about to become a day like none other. In Acts chapter 2, I pick up in our text with you, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It interrupted their prayer meeting. It filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Up to this point, Pentecost was just a celebration with no eternal significance. But now, Pentecost has ushered in the power to change a life. It now has eternal significance. Lives were literally transformed by this new experience that was happening on the day of Pentecost. And so people began to gather around this room where they were, and they began to ask a question. Men and brethren, we miss the prayer meeting. What must we do? Acts 2 and 14 tells us about a man by the name of Peter who stood up with the other 11. He lifted up his voice and he said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunk, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Verse 37 says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What a question. 
if you're here today and you're asking, hey, this kind of sounds interesting. I wonder about this Holy Ghost. I wonder about what it is. That's the question you need to ask, men and brethren. What shall I do? Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, many mainstream denominations today, that those that are in decline that I talked about earlier, they say, oh, that was just for the day of Pentecost. That was just for the day of the apostles. But let's read on in Acts chapter 2 and verse no, number 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Everybody say, that's me. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm glad he is still calling people everywhere today to repentance. Today's Pentecost Sunday, but we have not come here today to celebrate a religious holiday, but we have come here today to experience a power that is able to change a life. We have come here today to experience something that maybe you've never experienced before. I want to tell you, it is a power that is able to set you free from every addiction, from your brokenness, from whatever you have gone through. It doesn't matter. There is a power that is able to change your life and set you free. After the day of Pentecost, gone were the days of meaningless rituals and religion. Gone are the days of church as usual. I came today to remind you, Frankfurt doesn't need more religious formalism. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to transform individuals, to change lives. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to set men and women free. Yes! Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's for you. It's for you. Our world is in a condition much like that of the children of Israel. All the Hebrews had known were chains around their ankles. All they knew were whips on their back and the despicable life that they were living in captivity in Egypt. The beatings, the brutality. Egypt was being built on the back of God's people. Historians have suggested that the great monuments that dot the Egyptian landscape were perhaps built not by the Egyptians, but perhaps by the Jewish slaves that were held in captivity. Imagine, they were God's called people. They had promises of a land that would flow with milk and honey, promises of increase and growth, promises of victory and blessing. Yet for 400 years, they lived the life of a slave. They lived the life of a dog. No hope for tomorrow. No reason to live. No reason to get out of bed except for the threats of another whipping upon their back. There was simply no hope for them. However, what they did not know was 
was that no matter how desperate their situation seemed, no matter how hopeless their existence had become, no matter how destitute they were, they were getting ready to experience one of the most monumental turnarounds ever recorded. For the Bible said that God called unto Moses out of a burning bush and he said, surely I have seen the afflictions of my people which are in Egypt and I have heard their cry by reason of their task Taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. I am come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and bring them into a good land, the scripture says, and a large land that flows with milk and with honey. Now, therefore, he says, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith, wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth the children of Israel out of bondage. What God was saying is they've been dealing with their, their, their oppression too long. I've seen the enemy abusing them and the things that he has put them through, and I see how he's been hurting them and messing with them and causing them anguish. And, and mental stress and heartache and hurt. And, and, and the Lord said, I, I'm coming down to where they are and I'm coming to bring them out. Listen, the, the celebration of Pentecost. Watch the correlation in Scripture. The celebration of Pentecost was based on the, the celebration because of the freedom that God had brought to them from that life that I just described to you. It is a perfect type of sin. It's the life where we came from when sin had us bound, where the chains and bondage of this world had us tied down, where an addiction had us tied down, where brokenness had us tied down, where depression had us tied down, where misery had us tied down, where we were under slavery and in captivity to the oppression of the enemy, of your soul, of your family, of your finances, of your future. But the Lord said, I am coming down to make a way and to break that yoke and to bring them out. Thus, the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost was when the Holy Ghost came and said, I came to set the captive free. I came to bring deliverance to that one that was bound. I came to bring you hope. Oh, if you've been set free, you ought to put your hands together. You ought to lift up your voice and you ought to shout to the Lord today. I feel like God has commissioned this preacher to come to this pulpit today and to preach to you a message of deliverance. I want the devil to know that God is not playing games with the enemy that has been holding people captive. God is not playing games. He's come today to declare this is the day of Pentecost. This is the day of change. This is the day that you can be set free. I want the church to know that God has a plan to awaken hope in somebody's life today. If you been living in spiritual poverty, if you're overdrawn, if you're bankrupt spiritually, this is a day that God can turn your life around. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord if you believe it.
John the Baptist said in Matthew chapter 3, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that come after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm unworthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The Pentecostal experience comes with a burning fire of passion. There's nothing more pathetic than cold, drowsy, lethargic religion. If this church was a cold, dreary, no fire that they sang about today, no Holy Ghost that they sang about today, if, it, if we had to come and just go through the motions and just go, just show up and leave the way we came, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. But the scripture said that he came to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. When the church loses its burning passion for the things of God, it ceases to be an, an, an organism and becomes merely another organization. A church without the Holy Ghost and the fire of the Spirit will lack spiritual strength to survive in this chaotic world. You can't plan and organize a Holy Ghost revival. Our church must be organized and we must be prepared for the revival that God is sending us but we cannot orchestrate a Holy Ghost revival because revival is a birthing. It is something that comes from God. We are not in control of the timing or the rhythm. It's a natural function that God is wanting to bring into the body. Is there anybody in this house today that is ready for another Pentecost? Anybody that is ready for a personal Pentecost? It happens in an atmosphere of worship and praise. You want Pentecost to happen today? I dare you to create an atmosphere of worship. I dare you to create an atmosphere of praise. I just wonder today if anybody... If anybody came today that is ready for change in your life, maybe it's been dark in your world. Maybe you've had weeks or months or years of turmoil and pain and bondage, abuse, heartache, trouble. But maybe God sent this messenger today just to say, say to you, you can get up out of your situation. Because the assurity that there is hope for you, it may be connected to Easter that happened seven weeks ago. But the fullness of it was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that we came to celebrate on this day of Pentecost. Because that is the power that sets you free. The resurrection was the proof, but the outpouring of the Holy Ghost is the power. The Bible said, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. What does the word witness mean? It means that when people see you, they're going to say, what happened to them? What went on in their life? What, 
That's the power of your testimony. Your life becomes a witness because of the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what this day is all about. It is a celebration of what God has done in our life through the power of the Holy Ghost. You can get up out of your situation. It doesn't matter how you walked in today, what you walked in carrying today, the load you walked in under today. You can get up out of it. There is hope for you. There is victory for you. There is help for you. God has some promises for you. It's not just any old promise, but it is a promise that you can walk in freedom. God has some promises for you, some big things for you, some exciting things for you. God is wanting to awaken something in your life. I'm quickly closing this morning. Music can come. God is wanting to awaken something in your life. Child of God, That maybe it's been a while since you have been renewed and refreshed in the Holy Ghost. This could be your day of refreshing. One that's walked away from God, today could be a day that God calls you back into the place that you once was in Him. God is wanting to awaken some mighty men and women. Maybe some have drifted off to sleep. God is wanting to bring new life into you today. I believe God can do it. Anybody in this house believe God can do it today? There's change that can come into your life. It's here. It's now. You don't have to wait for another opportunity. This is the day of change in your life. The Bible said there was a lady with a, an issue of blood for 12 long years. She had suffered many things from many physicians, but she, she just grew worse. The doctors of that day were not helping her at all. Not only was she sick, not only has she been sick for a long time, but she was also broke. She had spent everything she had. She was destitute. She was outcast. But the Bible said when she heard of Jesus, Something awoke in her. And she knew it was her day. She says in her heart, I, I know I've tried it all, but my situation keeps getting worse. But today may be my day. I know, I know, I know if I can just get through to where Jesus is, everything in my life is going to change. Let me tell you, friend of mine in this house today, Today can be your day. Maybe up to this point, attending church would just be a ritual for you. But today, showing up on this day of Pentecost could be a day that changes your destiny. Everything can change today. Everything can change, change today. Stand to your feet with me all over this room if you would. Maybe some are saying everything's right in my world. There's nothing wrong in my world. Deep down, deep down in your heart, deep down in your spirit, there may be a load you're carrying. There may be a burden that's weighting you down. There may be a hurt that you can't seem to get beyond. 
Maybe some came here today with 12, 13, 14 years of issues that they've been crying out to God, asking for help, but seeming to find none like the lady with the issue of blood. But God sent this preacher here this morning in a simple little way to bring a word to you to let you know today can be your day. Today can be your day. Why don't you just say that out loud with me? Today could be my day. Come on, say it like you mean it. Today could be my day. Think about that. Today could be my day. Here in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come forward. I believe God could change a life in this room today. I'm going to ask you where you are. Just bow your head with me. Close your eyes. And let's just ask ourselves, do I need change in my life? Do I need God to work in my life? If that's you today and you know that you need God working in your life in a fresh and a new way, why don't you just slip up a hand right now? Nobody's looking. And just say, Pastor, that's me. I need God working fresh and anew in my life. There are hands raised all over this building. Hands are raised. Give these a great big hand that responded. God bless you today. Thank you for responding. Now, everybody in this room, why don't you just lift both hands high toward heaven. And let's all just surrender to the Lord and confess to Him, God, I need you today. I need that change that the preacher preached about today. Go ahead and confess your faults to Him right where you are. I know you're not in the front of the room, but you can turn this whole house into an altar today right where you are. Just talk to Him and let Him know He's your closest friend. He's a friend that sticks by your side. He's closer than a brother. Talk to Him right now right where you are. Come on, that's it. Just you and the Lord. Just talk to him right where you are. In the name of the Lord, God, I'm praying that you set the captive free today. Now, without hesitation, I open these altars today. Step from where you are. Walk to the front of this room today. When you get here, lift both hands toward heaven and just declare to the Lord, God, I'm coming to bring myself just as I am. Without one plea, I come to bring my heart to you, to bring my life to you today. That's it. Let's respond to what God is doing. If you lifted your hand, get here. Get to the front of this room today. Let God change you today. Let God help you today. Oh, yes.
the Lord today. Let's seek him today. 